Welcome to Business Masters, the podcast that gives you direct access to world-leading experts on key business issues. To be the first to know about future shows and to access even more exclusive content, visit businessblueprint.com and subscribe today. Hello there, it's Dale Beaumont here, founder of Business Blueprint, and welcome to another Business Masters podcast. Today, I'm talking with online marketing expert, Troy Dean, and our topic is creating your online marketing blueprint. Troy, thanks very much for joining us. Pleasure, Dale. Thanks for having me on the show. So what is the online marketing blueprint all about? Well, if you think about what a blueprint is in the true sense of the word, it's a, a set of plans which you follow to build something. And I, I like that analogy because what it allows you to do is it allows you to put a, a business process or a system in place in your business which helps you maximize your results in online marketing. So it really is like having a to-do list to follow, if you like, which tells you what it is you're trying to achieve, what it is you're trying to build, what that looks like. You've got a bit of a sketch of what it looks like and the exact steps that you need to follow to achieve that, uh, that, that final product. Because a lot of people, when they think about a, an online strategy, all they're focusing about is a website. I just need a website. I need a website. And that's all they, they think about. What, what, do you, what is your take? Is it, is it just a website or is it a bit more to it than just that? Well, it's funny, you know, because back in the day when when I used to design and build websites, I used to I, there were some clients I talked out of a website. I'd actually put myself out of a job because I, they didn't. I don't think they needed a website. I thought they were better off, uh, you know, using Facebook to build a community, or they were better off, uh, you know, using LinkedIn to to generate leads or to to find you know staff they wanted to recruit or whatever their whatever their goal was. So, I think. The, I think the trap that people fall into is thinking that the website is their online marketing strategy. And I think it's a crucial part of your online marketing strategy, but I think it's only a part of your online marketing strategy. And, you know, the, the analogy I like to use here is if you, are, if you have a hot dog stand and you go to a football game and you are adamant that you're going to put your hot dog stand in the same spot every week and yet on the other side of the oval, the grandstand is always full – but you're too stubborn to move your hot dog stand to where the people are, then you're going to miss out on sales. So you're better off putting your hot dog stand where the people are. And the reality is there are many more people visiting websites like Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and a whole range of other online sites that are probably never going to find your site. So your website needs to be part of your strategy, but your overall online marketing strategy needs to be a lot larger than just your website. All right. Well, let's kind of dive in. How, do you, how would you start to sort of unpack the online marketing blueprint? Where do you want to start? Sure. So the online marketing blueprint uh, is uh, consists of six very simple steps that you take. The first one, and the first one is the most crucial. It's about getting your game plan right. And I know this sounds, you know, I can hear listeners groaning already because you know what? This is not sexy. It sounds a bit like work. It's not very glamorous. But being successful online, I think is quite glamorous, but it actually comes from doing the work initially. So I think you have to have very, very clear goals in mind about what it is you're trying to achieve and you need to know exactly who it is you're trying to communicate with. So one example is if you're a, uh, a charity organization raising money for charity, you need to know exactly who your, your potential donor is and you need to know exactly the metrics that you're trying to measure. So how many donors do we want in the next 30 days? What's the average donation? Where do we want them to come from? How do we want them to share our message and get their friends involved and have very, very clear metrics set up? 
So on a high level, once you know exactly who it is you're communicating with and what it is you're trying to achieve, then there's another four, there's another five steps that you go through to complete the online marketing blueprint. But getting that game plan right is absolutely crucial. Otherwise, you don't know what you're doing and you're just going to get distracted by the internet because I don't know if you've realized, Dale, but the internet's really distracting. <laughs> yes, I'm being distracted right now. No, no, just right. kidding. I am paying attention. Turn YouTube off. <laughs> so when it comes to this, you know, setting the goal and getting really clear on your outcome, and again, it you know, sounds like a bit of a cliche, but it is so important. But mm. with, with the numbers around that, how do we come up with those numbers? Is it, you know, is it uh, looking at what our previous success has been? Is it pulling you know, the numbers out of the sky? How do you help people to define what is, you know, what should we be aiming for? Sure. Uh, look, that's a great question and it varies for, from situation to situation and business to business. So it all depends on what the business is trying to achieve. So, you know, the easiest way to start is, and I, I learned this a few years ago and it was like a light bulb went off in my head. It's so obvious when you think about it. The easiest thing to, to think about is what's the most profitable part of your business? If there was only one thing in your business that you could achieve in the next 30 days that would add the most value to your bottom line, then what would that be? And let's just focus on that. And uh, and I know that sounds a bit crass, but the one thing I know about increasing your bottom line and increasing your cash flow is that it actually helps you solve a whole bunch of other problems in your business. So I think it's really important that you focus on what is going to generate the most profit for you in, in the short term because that gets you some fast gains, it builds confidence, and it gives you the the confidence to keep going and, and get a bit savvier and a bit more sophisticated with your online marketing. So it might be you know, what's the one product we can sell more of in the next 30 days? How do we usually sell that product? Who are the people that usually buy that product or that service? Where are they spending time online? Um, and what's the increase that we want to achieve in the next 30 days from our online activity? Do we want to increase our online sales by 30%, 15%, 100%? What's realistic? What's reasonable? What do we think we can actually achieve in the next 30 days? Because if you set a realistic goal and you achieve it, as I said, it gives you confidence to keep going forward and, and, and tackle the, 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 uh, the harder tasks. And what, so what's number two? What's the next part of the blueprint? So really it's about, and this is, I know this gets said a lot, but I can't stress this enough. It is really to stop talking about yourself and stop talking about how good it is you are at what you do and the features of your product, which we all love talking about. And it really is listening to the the exact type of person that you're trying to communicate with and finding out what their big drivers are and making yourself as attractive as you possibly can to them. So, you know, the here's the thing. The the internet essentially a big library or a great big set of encyclopedias. And people use the internet to find information. I believe your job as an online marketer is to facilitate your audience finding that information under your umbrella. Because if you don't do that, someone else is going to facilitate them being able to find that information and discover it for themselves. And they're going to relationship with that brand instead of your brand. So the really simple way to do this is to find out what the biggest problem your target audience has and try and help them solve it. Okay. Can you give us an example of, of that in action? Uh, yeah, sure. So you know, I was working with an accounting firm recently and they've produced a free report that says something like, and I'm going to paraphrase this, something like the top five things your accounting firm probably isn't doing that could be costing you money. And they're not actually talking about what they do or how good they are at what they do or the features of their service. What they're doing is saying to their potential client, which is is business-to-business clients, SME, business-to-business clients, they're saying, you know, there are five bits of low-hanging fruit that you should be asking your accountant right now because this could save you a heap of money and it might actually be costing your business money if your current accounting firm's not doing this. 
So, and they're coming up in search results and that, that little free report's getting downloaded by a whole bunch of prospects who are then going back to their accounting firms and saying, hey, are you doing X, Y, and Z? And if not, why not? So it's kind of this reverse selling psychology, actually talking about yourself or your features. You're just trying to help your target audience solve their problem. Does that make sense? T- totally does. So um, do you want to move on to number three then? Yeah, sure. So once, you've, once you're attracting that that traffic to your website or your Facebook page or wherever it is you're attracting them to, then the you know the biggest opportunity I see go begging all the time is not actually capturing their leads. And and this is I, I love talking about the old school retail uh, technique where you walk into a clothing boutique and you have a look around and before you leave, if you're not going to buy anything before you leave, the smart retailers are the ones that say, hey, before you leave, uh, do you want to join our VIP club and you can get 10% off in the store? All you need to do is fill out this form, which means, you know, give us your email address and your phone number so we can text you promotions in the future. And you know, a percentage of people will give you their details. Most won't, but a percentage will. But I guarantee you what won't happen. No one's ever going to walk into your store and say, hey, if I give you my email address now and, put, and you put me in your database, can I get 10% off, you know, the entire store right now? That never happens. So you have to actively ask your visitors for their details and you have to give them a really good benefit in exchange for them trusting you with their personal details so that you can capture that information into your database and build a database of people who are potentially interested in what it is you've got to offer. And you've mentioned that could be a report or an ebook or a white paper or a CD or a DV or a pod- podcast, basically Shit. free information around their, their, their problem, around their issues, their, their challenges. Um, yep. So we know that well. What about some businesses, uh, say, for example, if you were a, a lawn mowing business or you sold, say, uh, jewelry online and you should you uh, and you may be thinking, can I give away information or what, what else could I give away to capture details? Sure. So, you know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll use the lawnmower as an example because, um, you know, I mean, one thing you can always give away is coupons and vouchers or, you know, introductory specials. So if you're a service-based industry and you're looking at just attracting a whole bunch of new leads, then you can give away, you know, 25% off your first visit or 25% off your first service or whatever. But even the lawnmower, something is, is kind of what would be seemingly mundane as, you know, mowing lawns. How do I give information away about that? Well, you could give information away about um, you know, did you know if you live in southeast Queensland, uh, the native plants in this area that are going to be in season between, you know, and blooming between spring and February are these plants here. Download this this uh, beautiful PDF document here and we'll show you some images of what these flowers look like in your yard. And, you know, what you're doing is you're telling your audience how knowledgeable you are about that uh, about that um, industry and about that topic, but you're kind of disguising that in just useful information and you're positioning yourself as an expert, but you're giving them ideas on what they can be doing around the yard, which is, you know, going to um, position you as an expert and give them some free information as well. So it doesn't always have to be a coupon or a discount or a voucher. Uh, even, you know, even tradespeople can. I was talking to a, a company recently that uh, makes spas for your backyard. And, you know, they were saying, well, how, you know, how can we talk about the spas and the jets and the filters? I said, no, 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 don't talk about any of that stuff. Talk about the lifestyle before the spa and the lifestyle after the spa because that's what you're actually selling. You're selling a lifestyle. You're not selling spas, you know. So you just got to be a little bit creative and think about how you can adapt this kind of uh, philosophy to your business and what, whatever it is your product or service is. I don't know something else that's worked for uh, you know a lot of our clients is uh, trials or a free appraisal or a free um, review or a critique. 
people just like, you know, if, if, give me a free review on my backyard and then tell me what it's going to cost me to, to have it, you know, clipped and mowed and, uh, and pruned and everything, um, you know, every week or every month, I'd have, gladly have someone come out to kind of size it up and tell me, you know, what I'm in for. Exactly. And, and, you know, in the, in the digital space, in the software space, that's the equivalent of a free trial. That's, you know, have our software for seven days, take it for a spin for, you know, free trial. And if you like it, then you start paying for it. And that's kind of the equivalent thing. It's, you know what, it's all about removing the risk so that, because when we do business with anyone, whether it's a, a retailer or a service provider or a, or a partner, there has to be a certain amount of trust involved. And if you can remove as much risk as possible at the front end of that transaction, then that'll go a long way to helping build that trust faster. So once we've captured, captured the leads, what do we then do with these leads? They're obviously now in some type of database. Um, yeah. And uh, that's a whole you know, subject <laughs> on its own because oftentimes they just go into people's emails programs and they don't know what to do with them. But yeah, if you're a bit sophisticated, you've got a database, you can do autoresponders and blah, blah, blah. But uh, sure. let's talk about that. You know, what, what would you do once you've got these details? Well, you know, this is, look, this is one of my favorite parts of the online marketing blueprint. And it's probably where I spend most of my time is in writing the emails that go out to clients. And I learned something years ago, which, uh, which was a nice little framework. And it really helped me get clear about how to communicate with my leads once I'd captured the, 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 the leads. And it's really simple. So first of all, the first thing you do is you deliver on the promise immediately. So whatever it is you promise for them uh, to give you their email address, you have to deliver it straight away. The second thing is that you kind of reaffirm that you can help them with their frustration. So you just send them a couple of emails over the next week or so, just kind of reaffirming that here's another idea or another article or a link off to a YouTube video, which shows how to overcome that frustration. And maybe you show you know a third party case study or someone else is doing it really well. And then essentially what happens is somewhere in the prospect's brain, they start thinking, hmm, this person's being really helpful because they're going to try and sell me something at some point. So what you do then is you just, if you understand your your customer well enough, you'll understand that they have certain objections to doing business with your type of industry and with you specifically as a vendor. And you'll know this from from what your previous customers have told you. So what I do is I just make a list of, say, five or six or seven objections that I know are really common, and I just write an email, one email to cover off one objection at a time, and I usually link off to other articles and other experts and YouTube videos or TED Talks or whatever third-party resource I can find because third-party resources add credibility to your argument, and I just cover off one objection at a time all the time trying to help them with their problem until eventually they approach me and say, hey, can you help? Because, you know, you're obviously really good at this. And at some point, I will make an offer or I'll, you know, coach my clients through making an offer because I think at some point, once you've built enough trust, you can actually ask for a sale and say, hey, you know, I've been giving you all this free stuff. You should buy my thing because it's really good and, you know, all the premium stuff is in the free, in the, in the, in the premium product. So you should, you know, you should buy that now because I think you're ready for it. So we've covered off numbers one, two, and three. Let's uh, talk about number four. So no, one, two, three, four is nurture. So that, I think that was four, is right. sort of nurturing those leads. Yeah. Gotcha. So so five is is convert. How do you convert them? How do you convert those leads into buyers? And you know, this is all about timing, really. It's all about um, uh, a guy by the name of Ben Hunt wrote a fantastic book called Convert, and it's all about you know, it's all about he uses the dating analogy, which is an analogy I've been using for a while as well. It's like Going out on a first date and proposing marriage is a really bad idea. Um, sometimes you might get lucky, but generally not. You know, you need to, you know, have dinner first, meet the parents, live together for a while, work out if you can, you know, coexist without killing each other, you know, work out if there's some kind of longevity in this thing, and then eventually you propose when the timing's right. And so what the big mistake I see happening all the time is people trying to close the deal too early. It's all about timing. It's all about knowing 
reading the responses that you're getting to the content you're putting out and the feedback you're getting from your audience and knowing usually at what point they're ready to buy and then making them an offer they can't refuse. And we talked about this before, removing all the risk. So again, instead of saying, okay, I think you're ready to buy. Here's my thing. It's $150. You might say, I think you're ready to buy. Here's my thing. It's usually $150, but look, I'll come out and I'll give you a, a free appraisal of your backyard and then we can talk about it. Or here's my thing. It's $150, but you can have it for a week. Try it for free. If you like it, then you can start paying for it. So the more risk you remove right at that point of need, the more likely you are to convert them into convert those leads into, into paying customers. Any other ideas uh, around conversion, um, especially in an online sense? Like, because oftentimes people go onto this database, which is like a big black hole, and then mm. they have no way of kind of mechanism really to convert those into customers. Um, mm. There are people that do, you know, just webinars to then call to action. Sorry, uh, emails to then call to actions. Other people do webinars. Some people get them to a live event. Some people would try to get them onto uh, the phone. Uh, what have you found to be some of the best strategies for converting people into customers? You know, the I, what I like doing is I like converting my leads into buyers, even if they only spend a dollar with me. Because what I've learned is that when someone when someone trusts you enough to put their credit card details or their PayPal account into your website and give you even a dollar, they're more likely to then spend you know fifty dollars or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars with you in the future than trying to get someone who's never transacted with you to spend a hundred dollars with you. It's much easier just to get them to spend a dollar. So. Whatever the lowest barrier to entry is to get that lead to become a paying customer, that's what I would be trying to offer right up front. You know, even paid webinars, even a really low cost paid webinar. So it might be, you know, we've got these webinars, they're normally $197. Uh, We're going to run this special webinar. It's only, you know, $19 and I give you a full guarantee. If you get to the end of the webinar and you don't like it, I'll give you a full refund. Well, it's very hard to refuse an offer like that. And a small buy of $19, you give an hour of information, maybe you get someone on and interview them, you build some trust, and then it's very easy to, to then say, well, that person is now a customer. They've purchased something. There's some trust there. It's easier to now uh, get what we call more wallet share, for want of a better term, out of our existing customers, even if they've only spent a small amount, than it is to get complete strangers to spend a large amount. Does that make sense? It, absolutely. Um, so let's look mm-hmm. at the, the last uh, one that we're going to be covering, number six. Yeah, this is, my, this is actually my favorite bit. This is, uh, it's, it's measure. It's, 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 you know, it's all about mastery. How do you master online marketing? And the only way to master something is to, the only way to improve it is to measure it. So, you know, it's an old cliche. You can't manage or you can't manage what you can't measure. So, and you can measure a lot of things online and I see a lot of overwhelm with clients looking at Google Analytics or looking at their open rates or their click-through rates uh, of their email uh, newsletter systems and just being overwhelmed and not really knowing what to look at. So I've developed this really simple approach. It's if you can work out what the magic metric is and the magic metric is the one metric that if you improved it over the next 30 days would add the most value to your business. And I'll give you a a real life example. My software business converts at uh, our database uh, converts at around about 11% into customers. So for every 100 people that download a free ebook, 11 of those will eventually become a customer. So for me, the magic metric really is how do I increase, if I can increase that conversion rate in my database to customers to 20%, well, I've just doubled my business. So rather than trying to drive more traffic to my website, why don't I just work on my website and, and make the offer, make the message match my market better so that I can increase that one conversion rate of people that have signed up for a free ebook into customers because that's the one metric that will actually add the most value to my business. Fantastic. So just as we start to kind of close, um, you mentioned before about 
distractions and because a lot of people do <laughs> get lost and they think, oh, let's, you know, flavor of the month. It could be Instagram or Pinterest or, mm. you know, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Dig Delicious. You could just, you know, the list goes mm-hmm. on. Um, yep. How do you, um, you know, are those all, are those things useful and how do you know where to spend your time? It's a great question and it's probably the most common question that, that we get and it really depends on who it is you're trying to talk to. So, f- for example, if you are a if you're a super fund auditor and you are trying to talk to accountants, then I wouldn't be spending any time in Pinterest or Instagram. I would be spending all of my time in LinkedIn and maybe Twitter. I probably wouldn't even be spending any time on Facebook because, you know, accountants don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. If you are marketing, you know, baby products to new mums, I'd be spending all of my time on Facebook because new mums love showing off pictures of their kids on Facebook and also put it up on Facebook to show the grandkids. So the point is it all comes down to who it is you're trying to attract. So what you need to do is work out exactly who you're trying to attract to your online business and then spend your time where they are spending their time and ignore everything else. Do not get distracted by any other shiny object or new social media site or new bit of software. Any Anything else is just going to distract you from staying true to your goal. And if you know exactly who it is you're talking to and exactly what it is you're trying to achieve, that will inform every other decision you make in your online marketing. Fantastic. Any final thoughts as we close about the uh, online marketing blueprint? What's the last message you want to share? Yeah, the one thing, I think the one thing that is going to help people the most is probably the hardest thing to do, and that is to narrow down your target audience as much as you possibly can. So, you know, People will say, no, I don't want to do that because I'm going to be missing out. I'm going to be, I know. I'm going to be um, turning away sales. Oh, no. I know, I know. And you know what? I think, there's, I think they're developing a pill for fear of missing out, aren't they? I think <laughs> you'll be able to go to the chemist soon and say, hey, can I have that pill that solves fear of missing out? You know, the reality is that it, the clearer you are, if you land on a website and the website says, you know, hey, if you're in business, I can help you. Well, that's, you know, pretty generic. But if you land on a website and the website says, if you're an accountant in Melbourne and you want to grow your firm, you're in the right place. Well, you're going to turn away everyone except accountants in Melbourne. But if that's who you want to do business with and that's who you want to attract, then you are going to attract more of them and repel everyone else. And that's what good marketing should do. It should attract who you want and repel who you don't want. And it's a scary thing to do, but the narrower you get, the more penetration you'll get and the more success you'll have. Fantastic. That's a great way to finish. Troy Dean, thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Dale. Thanks for having me. For more information about Troy Dean, please visit troydean.com.au or onlinemarketingmasters.co. Thanks for listening to another Business Masters podcast. To access more great content or to download your free business plan template, visit businessblueprint.com.